0: to another episode of Lessons of the Woods by 10 point whitetails. I am your host Dylan Porter and I have our co-host here today Kyle Weber from somewhere in Wisconsin. And uh yeah, we're going to talk about some things today. Probably not some of the following topics will most likely not be discussed, but we're going to mention them anyway. Just to frustrate that one guy who says we shouldn't mention them anymore. You know who you are. And those topics would be CWD, DNR, baiting and feeding rules. Did I miss any of them? No, we got them. So, welcome to another episode. We are going to be talking about something that I know very little about. But Kyle has been doing the research, putting in the hours. He quit his job to research research. This particular subject, nothing but 48 hour days in the library. Am I right, Kyle? Podcasts. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So I don't, I can't read. I can't read right. So
0: can you read left? (laughs) No,
2: (laughs) I can't.
0: Can't speak either, obviously. Apparently not. Uh, So yeah, but today we are talking about frost seeding. Is that correct, Kyle? Yes. So do you want to just like take us us to the depths of your study?
2: Well, if I'm going to do that, I want to start with what was going on a year ago. A year ago, 90 acres, 94 acres had no food plots. We didn't actually have an established... Clearing until end of June, maybe it was early July. I feel like, I feel like Dylan visited around 4th of July. Is that true?
0: Yeah, sure. Yep. Sure.
2: No, it wasn't. Anyways. It was
0: like, it was like July 18th or 21st, I think.
2: So <clears throat> what happened last year is we cleared out one spot for a full plot. With
1: mm-hmm.
2: approximately Now it's approximately, four. then it was approximately 40 yards wide by about 80 yards long. We set the tree stand in the middle. So after some regrowth came in, I got a 30 yard shot across to the trees, 30 yard shot to the right, and a 40 yard shot to the pond. That was raw ground. Never seen dirt before, or never seen sun before. It was under a canopy. Your
0: Your ground's never seen dirt before. He doesn't speak English today.
2: We cleared it. And like had Dylan had recommended was probably don't, don't or shouldn't plant anything in this raw new ground. It's all disturbed. The topsoil has been ripped up with the roots of the balls of the trees. The vegetation has been wiped off the top. I worked it really hard over with a skid steer, pulling all the rocks and roots and compacting it. We, the, the soil had a hard, it was worked. It had a hard time. And soil and doesn't mind not being green.
0: worked, but it's the, it's the rotting vegetation that makes it tough for stuff to grow.
2: Yeah. So I planted stuff anyways. We tried three different things from two different companies and that was really just to get something growing, just to beat the weeds and get something to eat. And from what I would think it went really well. Was it picture perfect food plot? No. Was it pretty? No. Was it something you want to take a picture of and sell seed? You know, look at look at my food plot. No, no, absolutely no way. Did the ear deer eat it? Yes. Did I get pictures of them out there? Yes. Did I harvest an animal off that food plot? Yes, I did. So, based on tearing it up in June and throwing something out there. To, we didn't do a soil test. We didn't add no fertilizer, no lime. I mean, we, we didn't do much. But it was successful for last year. So fast forward to this year. There's snow on the ground. And what I learned last year, what it told me was the deer browse was too bad. My turnips didn't grow because the tops got chewed off it. The grains didn't grow because they got mowed down. There was a little bit inside the fence that was protecting my trees. That was lush and beautiful. But outside that fence where the deer could get to mowed nothing looked pretty pathetic, but it was because they were browsing. They were eating it all as fast as it could grow. What I learned was I either need to make my food plot three times bigger or I need to plant something different because mm-hmm. something that can handle browse um, from the there's, deer. There's no food. There's no food except for now what we just put in there. So we're going to work into this year, and I'm going to do frost seeding. Frost seeding can be two ways. You can put it over an annual that was depleted. So the difference between a, a – old oh, words. Annual and a – Perennial. Perennial. Per, perennial. Perennial. That – that comes back, that regenerates every year. Um, your clovers, your chicories are, th- are that. Mm-hmm. Um, your annuals are your turnips or um, your radishes, your dwarf essex grape. That stuff's going to grow and then not come back. That doesn't, That, that nothing happens next year.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I had a big mixture in mind on the big food plot. We had a big mixture. We had some annuals, perennials, thank you. But it was depleted. I mean, it was raw ground by the end of the year. When snow fell, it was raw dirt because of the deer. So your other option is, in a perennial, is you do an overseeding. It's a frost seeding. But an overseeding, there's bare spots. It got overbrowsed. It got hit pretty hard at the end of the late winter time. Uh, So you overseed that, and you kind of, like, get some new growth going along with what's supposed to regenerate naturally in the spring. But what frost seeding is, if you put a super zoom on your soil and you did a time lapse for a couple days, you would see the expansion and contraction of your soil. As it freezes, it moves. And as it thaws out, it moves. and It moves. And it it does this every morning and every night. Frost seeding is the method of putting down hardy seed, hard, um, strong seed, You can't put down your alfalfas, your dwarf Essex rape, um, your turnips, because birds are going to eat it. The shell of the seed is going to get soft and they're going to rot and they're not going to germinate. But things like chicory and clover are hardy, good seed that can handle that expansion and contraction and they won't get burnt out by um, like soybeans and stuff like that will get burnt out from a hard frost. Same thing if you put daisies out on your porch. You get a hard frost on them in the spring, they're going to die. It's just That's just natural.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But frost eating allows that expansion and contraction of the thaw and freeze, the thaw and freeze, to work the seed down into the soil to make a seed-to-soil contact, seed contact. And when that happens, you're creating ger- germination and new growth. The bulk of mine is an annual plot. Uh, my big food plot is a, is a bulk of its annual. So last year at that time, when frost seeding would be ideal, I didn't have a food plot. I had no growth.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So what I'm going in there is kind of a barren, worked up. There's some stuff, probably, you know, biodegradable product there, but nothing the deer are going to want to eat. Unfortunately, like back at the beginning of March, there were still four feet of snow. You can't frost seed over snow and that it'll sit on top of and the birds will get it and you can't do it. Just waste. There will your be sleep. Yep. And there was a podcast, beginning of March, that Dylan brought up. There's two week window to do anything in your woods. My that's woods. when all in your woods.
0: Yeah, not the not the listeners' woods.
2: No, in My Dylan's woods. Wood. Yeah. It's right before it's probably cold enough to freeze and firm enough to work out in the woods. But it's early enough that the swamp isn't a wet mess.
0: Yeah. Cause there's like there's a time frame, happy frame medium. where the swamp lets loose and you'll go from, Oh, it's not that wet to okay. Well now everything's eight inches deep for the next yep. month.
2: Well, that happy medium, that two week period or that week period where in the morning it's 20 degrees, but then it gets up to 40 and then it goes back down to 20. That freeze thaw. That is the perfect time. You don't want a big layer of snow. You want, When you're doing it, you want to do it and not get a bunch of mud on your shoes. Let's put it that way. If you're walking through your food plot and it's going whoop, whoop, because you got mud, you're either doing it too late in the day or you're doing it too late.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Too late asterisk. Like, it's never too late. Get the seed out there. But if you're trying to take advantage of the freeze-thaw, freeze-thaw, get out there that morning. When it's still firm, spread the seed. As it thaws out, all of that will make ground contact. You'll get some germination,
1: mm-hmm.
2: so you can do it on a perennial, and overseed and get some of the bare spots and stuff like that. Usually, want to cut your seed to seed ratio down about half because you already have existing stuff, which your clovers will come back, your chicories will come back. But for me, most of my stuff is annual. I expect raw dirt, dead veg- vegetation, and we want to get first thing this spring. Clover and chicory going quickly. So last year we weren't feeding deer until June or July. This year we could be feeding them as early as the end of May with 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 clover with green lush food. Maybe even before green up in the woods, and then they'll have that through the whole summer. You'll have to do some weed control. You'll have to do some mowing. I don't think I'll have to mow. The way the browse. The deer are in there and they're going to have access to food. I don't think I'll have to mow. I think they're going to...
0: I wonder, actually. I think you might because, I mean, you don't have a ton of deer. So if you did like half your food plot frost seed, right? That would grow fast and quick because it's early in the year. But the deer are going to have a natural dispersion when the does start to have their fawns. So it might... I mean, and if you have an area that's been browsed hard... This might, based on what I'm hearing, have a chance to become established before the deer are too hard on it, because it's not the only thing turning green in the woods. Right. It's probably going to be their favorite, but also there's going to be that natural dispersion of, hey, we're having fawns, we got to go over here. Uh, hey, we don't like the bucks around, we're gonna kick all the bucks out. So you you might end up mowing it. Which I mean, if you can mow your clover, you got good clover. Yep.
2: Yep, and I think I think our soil's good. I think we're I think we're gonna be able to grow plenty. Um, it would be nice to give it a break from the browse, but I really think once it's there, I think last year we had a bachelor group mm-hmm. that kind of took over the area. I didn't see a ton of does and ton of fawns. There were some, but we didn't see a ton. I think this year, because we'll have food right out of the gate, we'll have food plots right out of the gate ready for them. I think we're gonna to start to do. You'll see the pull. This will, you got to remember, this we haven't even hit one year of food plots and property setup. A year ago, there was nothing there. There was mm-hmm. one tree stand in the woods right now. So, in another three months, now we're at a hitting a year, the first full season of having food plots, access to food for these deer. We're going to draw more deer than we ever had last year. We're going to draw, I hope, bigger bucks in we got quite a few bucks that laid over from last year that made it through. I think they're going to be okay. We'll see if we hold them. I think we're a bachelor group area based on last year, but everything we did changed everything. So we really have no idea.
0: But If you got the resources, those doughs might just move in.
2: So then we have a dough factory, which if you talk to some property managers or consultors, A doe breeding factory is not a good thing because if there's too many does, they'll push the bigger bucks out, et cetera, et cetera. My argument is I'm a long way from having too many deer. i mean, a long way from too many does pushing a
0: buck out. Long way. I would say if you got a good population, sure, you maybe don't want quite so many does. But if you don't have a population like Kyle, population of 14. 10, 12. Get those reproduce and produce babies significantly faster than bucks. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen a buck have a fawn. They're not good at it. They're just, they just don't do it. They're bad. <laughs> uh, but that's a, I really like this idea. I've never tried it before. But so basically, what you're saying is going to end up happening. Instead of having to work the soil. For a hardier seed, the the freezing and thawing action of the ground will naturally pull the seed in at least enough where it can take root and grow. Yep, and then
2: it has and then it has plenty of moisture because that, I mean, you don't need rain to plant a seed. If you get frost, there's that's moisture on the leaf, on the ground, on the seed. Boom, you've got germination. Mm-hmm. So, the, not only the expansion and contraction of freeze thaw but also the frost on it is watering that seed initially.
0: Yeah. And if your springs are anything like ours, it's wet. You know, I'm sure my dad's got some food plots where this wouldn't even work. I'm assuming if your ground, if your ground is such that when it's thawed, like you said, you're walking out and it's making that sound. If it's such that, when you take a step onto that worked food plot from the year before and you sink down six inches and hit a layer of, of ice, that's, I don't think this method might not work on that. Thoughts? Is that too? No. And, yeah. And it could all run off at that point too. Well, it's not but, standing water. It's just soil. That's like bad.
2: No, but for example, if you do get rain, so last year we were in a drought. Food plots also struggled because of lack of uh, rain. But the spring was wet. So if you have a frozen layer six inches down and it rains, the water's gonna run. So if you have seeds down, just loose willy-nilly in there, they're gonna flow away too, and you could have bigger problems. Obviously, if it's freezing at night and then thawing during the day, you shouldn't have too much rain. If it does, it should be snow. But you can't do it when there's four feet of snow. So you have to really try to watch it. It's it's almost as important to frost seed. Within that window of freeze-thaw, as it is to f- seed before it's going to rain. Like, you really want to time that really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and like we said, there's only some seeds you can use. we got the secret stuff right here. <laughs> it's nothing special. It's a blend of clover and a blend of chicory. They're clover hearty seeds. Chicory. Well, this is cool. Yeah, so this jug is just clover. This jug is exactly what's in here with two different blends of chicory added. They, it's not anything. See how it's basic they are? See how basic they are?
0: I'm not. Everybody watching on YouTube here, I'm not letting Kyle be in charge of uh, our marketing. He made those signs, not me. The, that font is just not, not my favorite. And the reason for that, Kyle, I never did tell you earlier why I didn't like your font. I mean, the names are all right. Secret Seed 1, Secret Seed 2. But the C looks like the E. So if you're reading impaired as I, it looks like Seerit Seed. And I don't know what a Seerit is.
2: Well, beyond (laughs) the logo that I just threw together so that we could show a jug of seed. Here, you want just this in? There we go. Look at the seeds, guys. Here's the clover. It's there's specific clovers, but the blend is still the blend. There's some stuff, an annual clover, an annual clover, which mm-hmm. is one of them um, one, two, three, four, five, six clovers in this job, six different clovers. There's an annual clover in here, but it's a perennial blend what are you what are you doing, Kyle?
0: Yeah, Dylan. That's you need to ask me that. What are you? What are you doing, Kyle? It's a perennial blend. I don't. What are you? The doing? reason
2: I have an annual and a perennial blend is because mm-hmm. an annual will kick off faster. It will start sooner. It'll get up and get going and protect the perennial clover. It'll also depress on the weeds. The reason I want to do clover is one, it's browse tolerant. The In essence, the more deer that browse on it, the more it grows. The new growth happens. It's more protein. It's more value. It can get big and lush and they can have plenty to eat. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And
2: there's more tonnage compared to
0: the turnips that they clipped off earlier. Also, another thing about clover too that we found out over the years is it can actually take like a half shot of Roundup. So dad's had food plots where the grass is taking over and mowing helps with that, but it's not always going to work perfectly. And then he'll take and mix Roundup like half the strength it's supposed to be. And it'll be enough to knock the weeds and the grass back. And the clover takes it for some reason. It's like, oh, I got this. We can handle it. And then well, you can get rid of some of that.
2: And also, the mindset with clover is it is a fast growing leaf. So if you clip the tops, you want to get to your, you want to mow the weeds before they seed out, before they head off. Um, and if you mow them all down, you've mowed everything level, mm-hmm. the clover is going to go faster in growth. So it's going to get above the weeds suppress the weeds, take all the sunlight, choke them out. And that should help. Mm-hmm. But the reason for the annual is because it starts off faster. It's not going to be there next year, but you're going to have an established food plot. So the annual kicks off, protects everything, uh, suppresses the weed growth. That's why an annual is in a perennial blend um, mix. But the reason for my logo pick, pick is this is because it's just simple. I don't need a fancy name. I don't need a fancy logo that goes to a hunter Mm -hmm. that goes, makes the hunter go, Oh, this is pretty. If you want to know what it is, message us. I have the list and the percentages of what the seed is. It's clover. This one is clover. I mean, I literally have clover. (laughs) It's not rocket science haunted outdoors. They talked about which clover they like. That's great. But if I put a fancy name and logo on this thing, it doesn't change what's in it. And I'm not saying they're all the same. I'm just saying this, this is no secret.
0: Even though it's got secret right on it.
2: There's no secret. Message us. I'll tell you what's in here. I'll send you a picture.
0: And we may start selling seed at some point. Keep that in mind. The same
2: thing with this. This is just what's in that jar with two different chicories in it. Mm -hmm. That's it. So between these two, which I think these both do a quarter acre. I I got my little note sheet right here. So... That's, what, that's why I'm looking off screen. Don't mind he's me. Not, he's
0: not ignoring me. Yeah. I haven't annoyed him that yeah. much. Yeah.
2: So, seven. these are three pounds each. Seven seven pounds per acre. So, my food plot, if I do everything as three quarters of an acre. So, I'll take these two jugs. I'll make some 50-50. Or actually, excuse me. I'm going to take 50% of this and 50% of this. I'm going to spread half of it out on the right side, half of it on the left side. So we'll see if just clover or clover and chicory grows better. I'll probably put the chicory closer to the pond. Um, And another trick you could do, uh, and Dylan brought this up, is you could split it into thirds, plant the, two, the right and the left, leave the center undone, wait two weeks, and then go seed that. Clover is a little different because eventually it's all going to catch up and it's continuously growing.
1: Mm-hmm. But if
2: you do that, things are maturing at different levels. So you can have a different process. So if you're doing, what did you, was yours dwarf Essex rape?
0: Yeah. So what we typically did and we had grant granted, we had like an eight acre food plot to work with. So we'd take, you know, part of that would be turned to corn. Part of that would be clover. Part of that would be rye. Part of that would be soybeans. And then we'd have you know, an acre to two acres that we would just do to dwarf SX rape. But what we would do is we'd take and divide that into sections and plant the dwarf SX rape every two weeks. So we have one planting that's there. It's growing in that different stages. So even with yours, Kyle, I think what you could do, it's smaller, yeah. But if you took and divided, let's say you did that left side, right side, and then middle, you could still even divide that middle section into three sections, maybe four, and do plantings of rape every two weeks until you run out. But then if what you can what works well with that is it's growing in different stages, so you got different things for the deer to chew on because they like it at different rates. But then once you got all of it planted, now you go back, you till under the first one that you did because if they're not paying attention to it anymore, don't let it sit there because you don't want that to go to seed yet. Then you till that one under, let it sit black for a week, let the sun bake it, plant again, and keep going in that rotation. And then by the time you get right around to August, depending on your location, but you want to plant that in such a way that it's probably four to six weeks prior to the first freeze. Because then if you can get that to go to full, uh, full plant growth, but before it goes to seed before freeze up then you have a lot of tonnage over the winter now granted you're working on like a third of an acre at this point split three ways might not work so great for you where you're at kyle to do it do rape quite that way for freeze up planning but
2: no but if you get off the specific if you get off specific um planting this process can be worked for anything and it can be worked for any like your point is having different options. So, and I, I listened to a podcast today that said this and it, it's an analogy and I like it. It's the grocery store. Dylan, you like steak, right? Mm-hmm. But if all you got to eat was steak all day, every day, you, pro- and I invited you to go eat pizza. You'd probably want to go have some pizza, right? Yeah. So if those deer, when they need to, if if my whole food plots clover, and it's all the same level. It was all planted at the same time. It's all the same thing. Yeah. They're going to eat it, especially when they're hungry, especially when they need it, they're going to eat it. But if all of a sudden the browse, everything greens up, they can eat that. Or, um, if you have egg agriculture down, down the road from you or acorns drop in later in the fall, they're going to bounce back and forth. They're not going to come. Cause it's just that. Mm-hmm. So in your S instance, you got your left this, your right this, and then the three in the middle that are all different levels Mm
1: -hmm.
2: of maturity or different blends. They'll always have something in there that they want to check on. And all they have to do, in essence, is come in and check it and leave. That's all you need from from my standpoint, hunting. And we're not even talking the microplots. Microplots, I'm going to completely till up and replant. I'm going to till them up early, retill them in August, and plant them.
0: Just how, how I you would with an egg all summer. Yep.
2: And there'll be annual food plots for this year, but the one, the big food plot on the Ridge Ridge top. I want to have tonnage. First thing this spring, I want to have plenty of it to handle the browse. And I want to have something all year. And then if we get to August, like you're saying, and there's a part that's mowed down preferably in the middle, because that's where I'll want the shot. Mm-hmm.
1: I'll
2: till it up and plant just an annual next spring. So forward ahead next spring, the left and the right will be these perennials coming up and the, I'll have something in the middle to plant
0: or, or a bare spot in the middle of the plant. So yeah, rye would work um, really good for that too. Cause then if you did your like winter rye right in the middle, so now, now when it goes to, when it gets to deer season in winter, you got nice green grass that grows just about anywhere, you know, four to six inches tall. And then that should take off again in the spring just like a perennial. Yep. Yep. Get you some tonnage.
2: So frost eating, All it is is using the thaw and freeze of the soil of the land to make your ground to seed contact to create germination. When it frosts, it adds moisture to the soil. Germination. That's mm-hmm. all. On, that's all you're. That's all you're doing. But you can't do it when there's snow banks or snow. It does not help. It has to be a hardy seed like clover or chicory. And you don't want to do it everywhere because if all of your food plots on your property are just clover, they're going to meander and find other stuff to chew on. But if the big one's a ton of tonnage for clover when they're starving first thing in the spring, that's not a bad thing. You take your micro plots like the other two, we'll till them up, we'll leave them dark, we'll retill them up, we'll leave them dark, and we'll retill them and then plant some annuals and those might be the hot spots next hunting season. Meanwhile, the tonnage is up on the
1: top.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, and another thing for people to keep in mind too, in a situation like where you're at Kyle where there's no actual food sources, it's not the end of the world to not have the grocery store. It's you have a situation where you can do it, but in a situation like that, if if you don't know what's going to work the best, or you know you don't want to do a whole bunch of little plots or you don't have the time to do a whole bunch of little plots do some research and pick one thing that should grow in your soil get a soil test and find something that'll produce tonnage because if there's a food shortage they'll eat whatever you put in front of them because they need it uh so that's something for people to keep in mind you know you have the ability kyle and the space in a low food area to provide the food right up front and hopefully all winter but if you're in a tough area, guys, just get food out there.
2: And so, this is the plan. We have the ridge top, which is three quarters of an acre. If you include all all of the extra around the pond and stuff like that, which I didn't plant last year, that was too soft. It was too wet. I didn't touch it. This is what's this is what's going to happen. I'm going to go there on the on the first week that I have dirt. Mm -hmm. it's the first thing to see the sun. So the snow is going to melt out in the food plot in the field first, rather than in the, in the, in the woods. Mm -hmm. So once I'm checking it and it should be soon, they'll, once I'm starting to see dirt or soft spots or, or a thin layer of ice and snow, whatever it is, I'm going to note and watch the weather. I want freezing temperatures for lows in the forties, highs. So you get that big swing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Once I see my first week of that, I'm going to go. I'm going to put this all in a hand spreader, just, just like doing your grass in your yard. I'm just going to go through. But here's the thing that you have to pay attention to. You can't see it probably on here, but see how little that seed is?
0: Yeah, you got to have that your seed is- really tight window
2: so you can't even i mean they're tiny clover see how small that is so you take your cedar you put it on the lowest possible setting and you walk so at the end of the day this will do half an acre right Mm mm-hmm if I was doing three quarters of an acre, I'd take about half of this, and then do half of this. Okay,
0: that'd still do only about half an acre. You had three quarters of each.
2: Three qu- three quarters, fine. But you do it at the lowest setting on your seeder, and you walk as fast as you can. And if you do a grid pattern, you get to the end, and you still have seed. Turn around and just go back over it. Go until you run out, because your seed ratio is still right. But with that little seed, any little bump, I wouldn't use a tractor. I wouldn't use a um, four-wheeler spreader. Because any little bump, that's this little tiny seed is going to fly. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to see it f- hitting oh. the ground. Yep. So you're going to quickly overseed half of it and run out of seed. And now you put an acre or a half, excuse me, a half acre of seed out there.
0: On a quarter of an acre.
1: Half-
2: yeah.
0: So... so- what we've done, if you got two people and dry enough soil to do this, it might not work with this frost seeding technique, but we'll actually, because we don't like walking, we'll actually use a hand spreader and have somebody sit on the back of a four-wheeler and somebody drive yep. And if you can keep that right about the seven to nine miles an hour, we've found that works really, really well, specifically with Dwarf SX Rape. It's, that's, that is the sweet spot for us to set that little hand seeder to actually half. Not one, half. Yep. Not one half, point zero point five, setting on that spreader, so it's like a little eighth inch gap when you look at the little slider down there, and just crank as fast as you can, and yep. drive the four wheeler about six miles an hour, six to nine somewhere in there. So,
2: you see these? These are a little bigger, little That's bit chicory,
0: like a peppercorn.
2: Yep. But man, that the clover is so. But what I will do then is I'm going to take my seed that first day of the week and I'm going to get out there. I'm going to do it in the morning when it's froze, when it's firm. Mm I don't want to get it when it's muddy. I want it to get muddy. I want it to get soft because of that expansion contraction. But that's going to be a 7 o'clock in the morning day where I'm out there when it's firm getting the seed out there so as it thaws out. Mm -hmm. It expands, grabs the seed, brings it down, contact, germination. So I'm hoping rather than June bulldozing woods, in June I have a lush, packed, thick, browsable clover chicory plot. And that'll be some tonnage to give all of this antler growth, the fawns, the does that are the recovering does the young fawns and the antler growing bucks plenty to eat well my little micro plots will be dark black dirt and i'll wait for an annual for them um but that's the technique and then like dylan said a four-wheeler trick but this means this doesn't take a four-wheeler this doesn't take a big piece of equipment a furminator, a drill a press uh a drag, any of it. It's literally $30 in seed, $60. Well, I won't use all of it. $30, $40 in seed,
1: mm-hmm.
2: a cedar that I already have, and 40 minutes of walking. This is going to germinate. It might, might. you might notice it does better in the sun. You might notice it does better in the shaded area. That's all based on the expansion and contraction,
1: mm-hmm. but
2: it's going to germinate. So, well, me and Dylan took some pictures after the flu plot had plenty of time to establish last year, and it was spotty. Dylan's great photo editing made it look good, but it was pretty miserable. There was food there to eat for the deer, so that's good. It mm-hmm. worked, but it wasn't pretty. This year, imagine Dylan from the berm to the wood edge, lush clover, or eight
0: inch clover the whole way. They're It'll just going to hammer 50 deer. It.
2: Yep. So also I'm going to work on a couple other things with that. At that same time, I'm going to go hinge cut. I'm going to go get, I'm going to pick a small section next to the bedding. The snow is going to be gone or mostly gone. So the deer will be dispersing. I hope at that point,
1: mm-hmm. I'm
2: going to get some more canopy down. I'm also going to feather my edge which is just drop some of the bigger or the smaller trees three and four inch round and drop them away from the food plot and kind of feather that edge so that a buck can't stand 30 yards in the woods and what, look at the whole food plot and just know what that doe is there. She's there and he's there. I'm going to hang out back here Want to feather that edge and thicken it up a little bit. So when they stick their head out, they're committed to being in the food plot. Mm -hmm. So, And right now with my food plot, if you look at the chestnut trees that we planted, we're creating this natural like horseshoe. So it's 30 yards straight across to the trees and then everything kind of goes around. We're making this horseshoe factor. So if that buck comes out from my left side by the pond, he can't see straight across to the right side and see, he can't see all of it.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So he'll have to meander through and see what's, what's out there. So, um,
0: but that's my screen on the way. What's that? And provide shot opportunities along the way. Yep. So we're we eventually we want
2: to plant some apple trees. Um, we definitely want to do that in the spring, but I mean they won't be producing for five years. Yeah. But the goal for them, apple trees, will be they come from the left. They gotta if they want those apples, they're gonna drop hopefully in the end of October. They gotta walk eighty yards. And it, not 80 yards of clear, but 80 yards through to get to those apples, which provides all these shots. So yeah, um, that's the design of the, that's why the food plot and exciting news. Onyx finally updated their map. You can now see the food plot. Nice. Yep. Gotta so like that. Um, you can see it visually looking at the map to kind of see what's, it looks like a, I mean, it pretty much looks like a rectangle right now, but knowing those that knowing those chestnut trees are there, those persimmon trees are there, and kind of the angle, it's not,
0: it's it's going to be
2: more horseshoe than anything. But, um, so interesting you guys to see it.
0: See it? I'll tell you exactly where it is. No, I'm just kidding.
2: But if you want to see it, you can come to the property and we will host a property visit, and I'll show you everything. There we go. But you just got to come there.
0: Yeah, we're not I'm giving you addresses here, guys. Come on,
2: you can look it up. You yeah, can find actually, anybody probably. now. Actually, based on one of the podcasts or the yeah podcasts we did, Dylan. Yeah, find out who you or whatever it was <laughs>
0: with Dad. Yeah, yeah, oh. you can find scary amounts of p- information about people on the internet.
2: But that is that is the goal for this year: is to start off with a bunch of tonnage of food. That's browse tolerant. What I learned was my food plot was not big enough and planting annuals didn't have, they didn't have a chance because the browse was too much. So I'm giving them clover, which is browse tolerant. I'm going to frost seed it. So it comes up first. So it beats the weeds mm-hmm. and the moment it's growing, the deer can get on. It. Um, so that these deer, unlike last year, will have may, June, July, August, September of as much food as they want. And then in October, Hopefully the annual I planted is popping off and we're shooting a 140 inch 10,
0: 140 inch 10, not Jared. 70 plus six pointers. Six pointers. (laughs) All right. I would
2: love to see a four and a half year old this year. So Bruno, who I believe was a two and a half year old last year made it Mm -hmm. because he got busted off. I found him. I seen him right after gun season. So he should be swinging in at three and a half. Should be. I don't I don't know what Scabbers is. Scabbers? He was a yearling or a two-year-old. So he should be a two-year-old or three-year-old. We'll see what he does.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And having this food right off the bat with bachelor groups, maybe more does, maybe more fawns, maybe more of a deer herd than I had. Um, I'd be curious to see what kind of deer come in, stay. And uh, it was a great process watching Ace. Develop through velvet, go hard horned, hang out. He was a resident buck. We had him pinned, just had to wait for the right day. He was our target buck. I mean, we sat, I sat quite a few days, but it was because all the sweat equity and I wanted to enjoy the land. Mm-hmm. Um, but they never had a clue. He didn't have a clue. And that night when I walked out, I was like, I'm shooting him tonight. No. No, you're not, Kyle. Oh, t- tonight's the night.
0: Kyle's not only really good at food plots, he can also tell the future. That's what I've learned tonight. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I've taught him, I've showed him all my secrets. Then there we go. Um, I just look for, I can't wait for the story this year on who it is, what he's going to look like, how long he's going to be there, and then wrapping your hands around him. So, um, Come but we're going to, st- yep, the. Step one, frost seeding. We're gonna try this tactic, uh, and I hope when we take pictures of summer, it's lush and beautiful and thick and tall. And I got all sorts of cool Tacticam photos of them chowing down on there.
0: So that would be ideal. And uh, I I like this strategy. I've not tried it before. Uh, might have to go try it out at Dad's see if he's got any. If
2: you concept. want
0: our secret sauce.
2: You want it. it's not a secret. I will tell you exactly what it is,
0: and if we get enough inquiries, we may sell it to you. maybe
2: if you want to know what it is, where to get it and how to get it. message us now we can hook you up the dwarf we have a we have an in with some dwarf essex rape yep,
0: yeah, I can get that I'd- That'd be fun. That'd be That's fun. One of my favorite food plots, but it is an annual. It's not a perennial, so it wouldn't work necessarily in this situation. But if you got soil where this stuff will grow, it'll. It's phenomenal. So. Yeah, we so, got a lot of good stuff coming up, and we're we we enjoy and are happy with the people who are watching, and please continue to do so. And we're coming right up on about forty-five minutes, Kyle. Anything else you want to add? On the topic of frost seeding. Um, I don't think we have any other updates.
2: We're going to do some before and after photos. Like I'm going to do some before photos before I frost seed. And I'm going to show you what, what, what actually comes in. Um, a little bit of hinge cutting is going to happen. We're going to put the trail cameras out right away. I want to see the fawns. I want to see the Doe's. Um back in February I counted a total of 10 deer on the property. 10 deer per 100 acres, pretty miserable. The year before that, I thought there was maybe 14-15. That summer it turned into six in a bachelor group and probably another six does and then then some fawns. So we're talking 15 deer. Um this winter was tough. So I want to see those numbers improve. And the first thing, step one, is getting food out there as fast as possible in the spring. And, and frost seeding is a good tactic for that. You could be aggressive and do the frost seeding. And then in August, till it all up. I don't know why you would want to waste the money for that. It's if, especially, if, especially if the clover and chicory is doing well and established, I wouldn't recommend it. But if you want to have turnips and and all of this stuff there dwarf essex rape um you could plant this till it all up in august and replant it with some annuals or or perennials for the next year that's that's totally up to up to you Mm -hmm. but my goal is to have food first thing i want i want my food plot to be food before the woods green up so
0: yeah, got to get um, them deer fed. As we've said before, you can't overfeed them. Feed them as much well, as you obviously can. Obviously, you can. Well, Okay, we're not going into DNR stuff, Kyle. Oh, I'm saying okay. you can't feed them, you can't overfeed the deer from the deer's perspective.
2: They'll stop eating when they're full. Yes. But also, but uh, so to the grocery store and to clover and chicory and all that stuff, The do- the deer know what they want. They know if they need protein, they know if they need calcium, they know if they need um, fibrous food, you know, woody browse. Just because you have clover out there doesn't mean they're just going to fill up on clover and go sit down. Mm-hmm. They're going to nibble on clover. They're going to nibble on chicory. They're going to go over and eat a, a bud in the woods. Um, At my house, we, we feed the deer right out the back door. They're, they're, we have a herd of deer that are pets, and I'll have the best thing, which is a which is a pellet it's a is a we we did it we did we talked about in a podcast probably episode 22 or something like that everything that was in 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 that pellet Mm -hmm. i'll still watch deer eat there walk 20 feet and eat off a woody browse tree because they need all so they're gonna they're gonna go all the way around they're gonna eat everything and they're gonna browse that's what they do so even if you have the perfect stuff in a food plot, doesn't mean they're not going to eat the woody browse elsewhere. But that's where the hinge cutting and the bedding areas, all of that new growth that's going to happen. So last year, just another note, last year we did our first hinge cutting in February. This will be the first spring that we have established an open canopy. Sun's beating down in that area. First time this spring. And all of those smaller sapling trees that were bent over, that were hinged over, are now going to have a explosion of growth that they haven't had because the canopy was blocking. Mm-hmm. So they're all sitting there struggling. I did it to an apple tree in my front yard. Choked down by all the trees. Got rid of all the trees. The next year, that that apple tree... 50, 60 apples on it. It just blew up because it was so it wanted to grow so bad. Mm-hmm. The root were established, the tree was healthy, but it was choked by sunlight. So the hinge cutting not only creates bedding, but it creates that new growth. This spring, that is going to explode in new growth. All the stumps, all the all the all the hinges that we created, they're gonna start having shoots coming off them. That's growth. They're gonna eat that. So if you look at 2022, and we're talking, let's just talk, let's just talk May green up.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: 2022, there was no food plots, so there none of that tonnage was there. The woods were stacked, except for where I hinge cut in February, but none of that was gonna grow. It was it was the first year. It all came out and was like, what's going on? The sun's too bright. Stop it. <laughs> now in 2023, I got an acre plus of food available Mm -hmm. and all of that regrowth is going to blow up in the bedding and where i hinge cut so this spring compared to last spring tons and tons of food so we're talking there's 10 deer there 15 deer there can't tell me having that food and availability ain't gonna just potentially bring all of these deer in this way and then maybe i have 30 deer that i'm I've got routinely coming through as resident herd. Maybe it's 10 bucks, 20 does, and then another bunch of fawns. Yeah. If I can sustain that with a browsable food plot, clover and chicory, we might have a good thing for this summer. So that's what my goal is right now. Establish bedding, establish food, and establish a deer herd. Once we establish a deer herd, then we can start talking about that age structure. Then we can start talking about deer harvest. Or start bragging about deer harvest, there we
0: games. go, yeah, so awesome, sounds great, I think there's gonna be good things coming as long as the weather cooperates a tiny bit. thanks spring, spring's here, nearly almost. I'll have snow until May, but we're on the way, so <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's where we're gonna end for tonight, uh, so thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. If you have any questions comments concerns want to tell us we're wrong want to tell us why we're wrong want to tell us we're right you do so in the comments so whether this is youtube or facebook or wherever you found us uh you can find us at 10 point whitetails on facebook youtube tiktok instagram or you can email us at 10 point whitetails at gmail.com and that is one zero point whitetails at gmail.com and uh you check out our website 10 point uh I think i covered everything there find us where you found us you can find us on spotify apple podcasts amazon music wherever you find find podcasts and uh yeah we should be back next week at 7 p.m friday night unless something goes wrong hasn't yet should Should we we do a facebook
1: live
2: at some point
0: we should i was thinking about that so we'll probably get to that either before or after this podcast comes out we may have already done it We may be that good, guys. Maybe. But anyway, have fun. Go feed your deer. Frost seed. Follow the rules. Dang it. (laughs) Message us if you want to know the secret. We know secrets. Ask us. And we'll see you guys next time.